Hey everybody, welcome back to Escape to the Magic Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Randy. I'm Dak. And I'm Ryan. And this week, we're bringing you a special flavor of Would You Rather, a scenario where we talk about some of the most frequently asked questions people come to us with, and then some other interesting things that come to our imagination. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the genesis of this episode was I received a call from a friend, and she is going to Disney in February. It's a four-day trip, and so she was just kind of running through some different scenarios with me and telling me a little bit about who was going with her, and it brought up this question of, of back and forth between her and I of, well, what's more important to you? Would you rather do this or would you rather do that? And so I thought, wow, this... This is interesting. We should talk about this on the show. So it, that's the genesis of, of our conversation today. You know, um, it's really kind of cool to get questions and feedback from people. Uh, we got we got a really cool comment very recently. We did, yes. Uh, and this comes from, from Dustin. And Dustin, wherever you are, we appreciate you listening and we appreciate the message you sent us. And the message he sent was this. I had one hour and 10 minutes to kill on my run this morning. Discovered Escape to the Magic. Time flew. Loved every second. The only question I'm left with is this. <laughs> How can a guy like me go on a trip to Disney with guys like you? That would be a blast. Hashtag bucket list. Let's go. Like, <laughs> that's my response. Let's go. Like, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm ready, Dustin. That's amazing, right? You, you are any Dustin and any other guys out there. Uh, Disney dads, let's go, man. I'm ready. Guys you know, trips are awesome. Guys trips are awesome. And this is, I, I want to say a couple things that are really cool about this. First of all, um, yeah, you know what, if you're interested, let's, let's find a way. I mean, there's, we can meet up, we can do whatever we go frequently enough that, mm -hmm. uh, that it would be cool to do that. The second thing though, is this is a, this is not such a secret, right? Dak, you are a certified Disney travel agent. Yeah, so I uh, I am a Disney travel agent. Uh, the company I created is called Castles, Kingdoms, and Churros. And so, like I said, I was talking to a friend of mine. That's that's my goal in all of this is creating a wonderful trip, a wonderful escape to the magic. See what I did there? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's great. And I, I just love it. I love talking Disney with people and helping them figure out the best way to to enjoy the parks. So, you know, at the end of the day, you got a couple options. You can come with us or you can let Dak plan your trip for you. And it's like we're coming with you because <laughs> you're going to get that flavor right there. Yeah, that's right. 100%. So I think uh, I think we're ready to go. One thing I do want to plug, and uh, I'll plug it again at the end just to remind, but special episode next week. We typically drop our episodes on Wednesdays. Next week, actually, we're going to come to you a day early. It'll be Halloween, and we have a special Halloween episode coming for you on Halloween, so stay tuned for that. We're going to have to pipe in some like Halloween music. Somehow. We gotta. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to be spooky, and we'll mix in some some games and some fun, and it'll be, uh, it'll be a great episode, so watch for it Halloween day. You can listen to it in the morning. And then go out with your kiddos and go trick-or-treating at night. Awesome. Sweet. All right, man. Let's kick it off. Yeah, so like I mentioned before, I was uh, speaking to a good friend of mine. She and her husband and her brother and his family are all going out to Disney World. They're going out in February. And so she was trying to pick my brain about, you know, what what her trip should look like. Did I have any tips, any tricks? And so... As we kind of got into the discussion, we got into, you know, well, tell me a little bit about what you guys are interested in. What's important to you? You know, do you like Star Wars? Do you like, you know, the traditional classic Disney characters and all these all these details? And so as we started going back and forth, it got me thinking about, would you rather? Would you rather do this? Because most of us when we go to Disney, have a budget of some kind, we have time constraints of some kind. And so you're going to have to make some choices. Uh, that's the long and short of it is you're going to have to make some choices on, well, am I going to spend my money on this? Am I going to spend my time on this, my energy on this? You know, how long my trip is going to be, so forth and so on. And so so the first one that I wanted to throw out, 
of a would you rather that I think is very important topic is would you rather stay on site, meaning at a Disney hotel, or would you rather stay off site, which would be, you know, off site hotel, off site VRBO. Um, and so I'll just kind of open that up to each of you easy, guys. Easy. We no, know, we know no where Randy's going. Yeah. I'm, I, listen, I am a on site guy. Absolute proponent of it. And to be quite honest, um, I don't care what park you're visiting in the world. The benefits to staying on site for me are always going to outweigh the off site. Because really, when it comes down to it, the only difference um, between like why you would make that choice is going to be a financial one. Now, I'll say that I think that's a significant consideration, right? Because as you mentioned, you're going to have to make some sacrifices in, in certain spots depending on what your budget looks like. Disney trip is not cheap. But if my choice is am I on site or am I off site, I am, I am on property because I get earlier access to the parks. I get easier access to the parks. I mean, that's for me, that's critical. All right. I, I can't argue with that. I would say for me, though, I am an off site kind of a guy. Uh, number one, I prefer, I think I prefer the space of staying offsite. Now by offsite, you know, we've done it, we've done it a couple different ways. So we have stayed at just a regular hotel offsite, uh, in the past, done that a few times. That's okay. When I talk offsite, I'm talking about doing the Airbnb or the VRBO, getting a house close to the park. Personally, for me, I like, I like my space. I like the fact that there's a, usually a private pool. I like having more than one or two bathrooms in the place that, you know, you can, and also too, you can go and you can split the cost. So if you go, you know, book an Airbnb or VRBO with a, another family or two, that cost has just been reduced by, by half or, or, or two thirds. And it becomes a little bit more manageable in terms of, of expense. And for me, yeah, you're giving up some of the perks that Randy talked about. You're giving up the early access to the parks. Um, you can't replicate 100%, you know, when I've stayed on property, you're, you're in the Disney bubble. It's 100%. You're, you're, you're immersed in the Disney feeling all day, every day through the night. You can't replicate that outside of the Disney bubble. However, there are some places that you can book that are very Disney themed. Uh, you walk through the front door and the, the entire home is, Beauty and the Beast, it's Snow White, it's Star Wars, uh, private pool, full kitchen, um, you know, game rooms, games, dress ups. These are things that a lot of families look for when they're when they're booking their their, their Disney trips. And for me, I think staying off site for those reasons. And again, especially the space. I just love space. I love having my own bedroom that for me that will usually outweigh staying on site. Now, don't get me wrong. One of my bucket list items is to stay at the Polynesian or the it's, Grand, or it's the Grand amazing. Fr yeah. I, that, I, I, I they're both amazing. I can't deny that. I do want to do that. I'll be honest. All three of the monorail loop resorts yeah. are amazing. But, but if we're going, for example, if you're going with a large group, let's say 12 to 20 people and you want to be together, staying off site and getting a house that can accommodate that size yeah, I don't know because <laughs> I look at that and I'm like the complexity of trying to move a group that size in and out of the Disney property is fraught with challenges, right? Yeah. The transportation is hard. The getting in and out is hard. Oh, if yeah. someone has a meltdown or needs something and you got to go back and forth, that can be really hard. I love the ability to very easily get back and forth to any hotel, any Disney hotel I'm staying at, whether Disney World or, I mean, goodness, if you do it in California – that is by far the easiest way, yeah. right? Yeah, you're literally I, I, at the parks. It is it is it is a real in my opinion a real pain in California to get in and out of the Disney property when you're staying off site. No, no, and I would 100% agree with you on that. I mean, and think about this, you know, Grand Californian like the entrance directly into California yeah, Adventure special. like um, you know, and and that's the that's the cool thing about the monorail resorts, right, in Disney World that you have your own monorail directly from the resort through your own security line at the resort to get into the park. So you're now you're skipping some of those extra steps. And so I start to think about huge groups of people and I'm like, boy, that is a lot easier to do than trying to fit everyone in a car or a couple of cars, park, get on the silly little tram, 
wait for the people to get behind the yellow line because nobody knows how to do that, right? And, and then the, the tram won't take off. Um, it's yeah. complicated. And then the end of the day, the end of the day, when you're dead tired because Randy made you walk for 20 miles, <laughs> wouldn't it be better to just be like, oh, we're already here. Then now we've got yeah. to drive through park closing traffic to get out and get to our destination. So that's me. But yeah. I I do hear what you're saying. Yeah, I do I, hear it. And I think, too, and I guess kind of a spoiler alert, we are preparing an episode for the future where we're going to talk specifically about staying off site. We're actually oh. going to be interviewing uh, an owner of a of some properties uh, close to Disney World. So um, to get some more insight into that and kind of address some of those questions that yeah. some of those concerns that Randy brought up. But, yeah, I don't think, again, in my experience, there's no – there's no wrong way. There's no right way. I think it's, you know, if I'm going out there with, again, I do agree with that. With my, with, you know, we did a, a, a post Christmas trip two years ago, just myself and my two youngest daughters. We stayed at Pop Century. Yeah. It's fantastic. Loved yeah. every minute of it. Would not have stayed, would not have stayed offsite for that trip. We wanted to stay on site. We wanted to be, you know, do the Skylander hotel. It was fantastic. So, um, anyway, that's what it is for me. For me, it's really a question of, Cost versus convenience, right? Like, what are you willing to pay for to have the convenience of being on site? So, Randy, you've hit all the highlights. When you stay on site, you're closer to the parks. Your transportation to and from your hotel to the parks is so much better. All of the busing and transportation system is right at the park entrances, generally speaking. And so, literally, you walk out of the park and your buses are right there versus getting on a tram going out to your vehicle, walking to your vehicle, getting in your vehicle, and the same thing on the way to the parks, right? Yeah. You've got to come in, go through the you know, parking kiosk uh, and pay for parking, park your car, get on the tram. And so you're, I mean, we've talked about this before too, the sheer size of Disney World and getting your car parked and getting to the park, it's an hour. Like yeah. by the time you, and I'm not saying an hour from the, drive of your home if you're staying off site i'm talking about you're pulling into disney property and parking and getting to the gates where you're through the turnstiles you should plan on a half an hour to, to an hour to a full hour especially at the end of the day i i actually think that it is it it's a lot harder at the end of the day than it is the beginning of the day and this is one to consider because that's when you're at your that's when you're at your lowest point some people are have been ready to go for a long time. Some people don't want to go, but you're all going to be exhausted. And the line to get on the ferry boat or to take a monorail over to the transportation ticket center, that in and of itself, I mean, that's your last line of the day. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And you hate to end your day after having such a magical experience waiting an hour I, I I agree with that. Let me let me one up you though, Dak. Real second, not one up you, but I I, look, I I think beyond that. I'm like, okay, if I am laying in bed at nine o'clock or ten o'clock at night, and I get the I get the munchies, right? If I'm on Disney property, how easy is it to get munchies at ten o'clock at night? No, that that for sure is the trade off. Because if right? I'm if so... I'm sitting if I'm sitting in my Airbnb and I'm like, you know what, I just want like a burger from Burger King. I can go hop in my car and be there in five or ten minutes. That's that's a that's to me that's advantageous to yeah no what again the that, parks are. that to me is part of the cost convenience yeah. trade off is if you stay on site you should plan on almost every meal you eat being a paid for I mean obviously you're paying for every meal you eat but you're not going grocery shopping like you have the option to at a VRBO I mean if you want food like you said at the end of the day you are probably going down to the you know cafeteria or convenience store that is within the hotel system. So yeah, there's there's a cost convenience trade-off, right? You're just going to end up spending a little bit more money. And so that's part of that would you rather and this is where I think the argument becomes a little bit more personal is what would you prefer to do? Now, I'm I'm with you again, Ryan is like I love we've done a lot of both. I love staying and having my own space of a VRBO. It really comes down to who's going on the trip with me. What does that look like? I'm going to cheat a little bit here and, and maybe as we move on to the next topic, my ultimate scenario, we just did this on our last trip back in uh, end of April, is we stayed at a DVC re resort. Yep. To yep. me, 
That is about the to go there. perfect <laughs> blend yeah. of both scenarios. Yeah. So DVC, Disney Vacation Club, are resorts that are more of an apartment. Randy, you jump in. You're the DVC yep. owner. But it's more of an apartment versus a hotel room style. So you have all your home conveniences. You have a washer dryer. You have a stove in most cases. I mean, again, you got to pick sense. the right yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, some don't come with all of these amenities. But we stayed at um, Old Key West. It was a one-bedroom uh, yeah. villa, I think is what they're called. And it was perfect. We had the space that we wanted. We had our own room to to Ryan's point. I had my own space. Our girls had their own space. We had a stove, microwave, kitchen sink, full refrigerator, all of these things. And so I just thought, now, we absolutely paid for that, right? It's not, again, it's not the cheapest option compared to, I, I definitely could have rented a whole house for that same amount per night. But for us and our scenario, our girls wanted to have the freedom to easily get back to Old Key West. And let me tell you something. There is something amazing about telling your teenage children, yeah, go ahead, go jump on that bus, go to the resort. You know how to get into the room. You got your magic band that'll let you into the room. And know and as a dad feel that your children are completely safe the entire transport back to the hotel. That is, to me, that was worth the money that we spent to stay at a DVC resort. So, again, the would you rather on-site, off-site, I kind of cheat a little bit. I'd, I'd go right in the middle with a, with a Disney Vacation Club room. And I, and I was I was totally going to go here um, because it does does color some of my thoughts on it, right? Um, when we go, we typically, as DVC owners, we typically do stay in a DVC resort where we can until we've used up all of our points, which we're really good at doing. And then we've got to figure something else out. You know, um, Disney Vacation Club is is very similar to a timeshare concept, right? But this is Disney specific. It is different from the majority of timeshares I've ever seen and how it's run and organized. It is not a thing that lasts for your entire life. And it is, you know, you will it down to people. There are, there are contract periods that go in there. They're long. I mean, our contract was like a 50 year contract, right? Kind of a thing. But um, the point is, is that you can get a lot of the same amenities that you look for when you're staying somewhere else. You can have your space. I mean, we have, we've stayed a number of different times in, you know, two bedroom villas, at the Grand Floridian or at the Beach Club where you've got not just two completely separate bedrooms, but you've also got a full living area. You've got a full kitchen. You've got your washer and dryer. You even have an entryway. And by the way, these rooms are absolutely gorgeous in what they've done. I mean, I'm talking marble floors and, and you know, ornate Ornate bathrooms, um, the master bathrooms in some of those two bedrooms are far superior to anything you're going to probably be able to find on the Airbnb or VRBO mm -hmm. market. And the one thing we noticed, um, just to kind of one more promo on the on the DVC route, is the resort itself just seemed like it was much cleaner and more kept up. And we were talking to a lady on the bus about that, and she's like, yeah, because you know, 80% of the people that are staying here are owners in the DVC uh, ownership. So they own the property, right, collectively. And so they treat it like their second home, right? They're they're making sure that all the trash goes in the trash bins, you know, and they they are part of keeping yeah. up the, the niceness of the resorts. And so I'd never even thought about that before, but to me it made total sense. Yeah. But anyways, uh I know we spent a lot of time on that one, I, I, so let's save maybe some material for our future discussion on it. But I think that I think that Ryan, your point is right. Um, there's no right or wrong to there's this. There's no right or wrong it, answer. It depends on what you are prepared to do, what you're willing to do, what you're able to do, what makes the most sense for your group, you know, and and what fits your personality. For me, to tell you the truth, I I I don't spend a lot of time in the room. Yeah. So so space is not a big deal for me, although I do like to have space to sleep. But that's not one of those premium things for me. Um, you know, our DVC rooms where we traditionally stay, most of them actually have more than one bathroom. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, even the studios, right? At the, the studios at the Polynesian, the DVC ones have two bathrooms in there, two showers. And so it makes things a lot easier for you to be able to accomplish things. I look forward to taking a deeper dive into that. So what's next? Yeah, the next one we had was, so I got to paint the scenario a little bit of on this so that it makes sense why we would compare these two. Because on the surface, it doesn't sound like they would go together. But for this lady's particular trip that she was looking at, they were going to be at the parks four days. And so at Disney World, obviously, there's four parks. Mm-hmm. And so the question came up, well, do you want to buy a hopper pass, which will allow you to go from park to park in the same day? Or would you rather turn around and spend that money on Genie Plus, which gives you that lightning lane, skip the line, fast pass, all these words that we're familiar with, you know, so I wanted to pose that question to y'all. If you were going to the parks for four days and you could only get one or the other because of the cost, yep. right? So we're working on a budget here. Uh, what's what's the park hopper option right now? Is it sixty bucks a day extra per person? Well, you've got variable ticket pricing, yeah, so it's hard it's hard to pin that down to a specific price. What's the, what's the average? Um, and, and and also depending on your ticket package size will impact that price as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's um, a lot if you of buy variables. a multi, multiple day ticket, it's going to be a lot less expensive than if you just buy a one or two day ticket. Right. Yeah. Okay. So just real fast, so a one day park hopper uh, is sixty five dollars. So and that obviously, like you said, Randy, it'll, it'll it adjust based on how many days you're there and what your ticket pack, package but, is. But I think for me, honestly, um, the the individual price point to answer this question is not what's important. It's about the overall experience. To me, again, this is easy for me. It's a no-brainer. I'm going to take Genie Plus every single time over yep. a park hopper, especially if you've got a four-day trip where you can say, well, we're just going to hit each four parks, you know, each of the four parks in successive days. I I have learned I have learned that even if I can get a minimal advantage out of genie plus so we're talking the busiest days in the park where your availability to get extra selections is going to be limited even a minimal advantage there is going to be worth the money to me if i can if i can shorten just one or two lines and that by the way that's what they advertise so i think it's important to lay that down when you purchase genie plus they're saying hey most people experience a benefit for one or two this isn't going to be absolutely everything that you do. Right. Now, when you become really good at the system, um, then maybe you're going to get to do more than that. But I remember my first couple of times under this new this new system, it was hard and I could only get one or two advantages out of it. It was a little frustrating, but it was worth it because of how much time I could save on doing some favorites. So then I could go and do other stuff. At the and same let's time. if if we can, if we if we can, Randy, we can plug your podcast that you have with your wife, Whistle While Your Work podcast, I believe you guys have an episode where you kind of did a deep dive into yeah, Genie Plus. Yeah, we've got an episode. I think it's called All About Genie Plus. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been some minor changes since we since we released that episode, but, but the overall premise remains the same on how you can really maximize your trip mm-hmm. by taking full advantage of Genie Plus. There's, there are some pro tips and tricks behind it to help you do it. And you you want to find out from people who have those experiences because they will have tried stuff. I you know our guys trip just last year, I upped my genie plus game like by that. a million, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, like I figured out how to make this work. Some people would look at a closed down ride and they would say, oh I, I don't want to book that. That's closed. And I see something that's closed temporarily closed, and I'm like, grab it, grab it right now, especially if the time is short because. If I pull up, if I pull up the possible selections, and it says Big Thunder Mountain is temporarily closed, but I can get a Lightning Lane in five minutes, yes, give it to me because if it's still closed in five minutes, then I'm going to get a free pass to be right. able to go back and use it again, right. and I can book now a new Lightning Lane selection to replace it. There's just certain things to know, so I think it can be a huge advantage to you. I think that park hopping at Disney World is sometimes not as advantageous because it can be difficult to travel in between the parks. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of time. Yeah. And I, and the benefit of, so I, first of all, I agree with Randy. I would totally choose the genie plus option over the park hopping, uh, park hopping. I guess quick, quick news. It is coming back full board January 9th of next year. So no, 
no having to wait until one o'clock or two o'clock, whenever that time is uh, now to, to park hop. I would say park hopping. I'm a little spoiled because, you know, when you're an annual pass holder, park hopping is included with the annual pass. So you're not thinking about that extra money that you would spend on a daily basis to get the park hopper. So if I remove that part of the equation and folk and just look at it from, all right, what I spend the extra, let's say an average of 50 bucks a day per ticket for a park hopper compared to the benefits that Randy just outlined with Genie Plus, it's a no brainer. You go Genie Plus, you maximize your day. That's, that's just, that's just what you do. So. Yeah. I would say the only time that this becomes a question, if you're four day, no question, absolutely get the Genie Plus. If your trip is shorter than that, which we didn't even bring that into the scenario, oh, yeah. that's where it starts to be like, okay, now I'm going to have to give up a park. Is it that important to me? I I personally would always lean towards Genie Plus as well. Um, I don't think my girls know the difference. They have always <laughs> had yeah. Genie Plus. And so when they hit a regular line that we're not able to get a Genie Plus like, on, what, what the heck they are is like, this? What is this? Yeah. What you mean we have to actually wait? I mean, they are so Disney entitled. That, <laughs> uh, they just don't understand and, and, that that the peasants have to wait, right? Like I, that's I, their I vision. That. Hashtag of, Disney entitlement. Yes. Yeah, yes. They, they just. Uh, and let's and just real fast. I'm, there is. I know sometimes we we, we harp on the, the waiting, but you know what? There's there's great benefits sometimes to waiting in line because you do get to talk. You have that extra time with your family and your friends to talk and very to, and to meet people that you know. Disney's a great place to meet people in line. Yeah. You just strike up casual conversations with people. You might even meet Troy there. You might. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, you got to go back and listen to the last episode if you want to know what that was about. But yeah. That's I think, okay. I think, I think Troy's becoming a mascot yeah. <laughs> of yeah. the show. Oh my gosh, uh, that's awesome! The only okay, so I, as you, as everyone knows, I'm a big Disneyland fan. Um, so that's where it might get a little bit tough for me as well. Is if you're going to Disneyland, because yeah, because the, the converse is literally it's easy. Yeah, yeah, the parks are literally across a parking lot sized uh, Esplanade, is what they call it. And so, uh, yeah, if I was at Disneyland, that would probably flip flop for me. Yeah. I would go Hopper over Genie Plus. Uh, Still would hear a lot of Not complaints me. from I'm the gonna, girls. I'm going to go panhandle on the corner before I walk in so I can get my money for both. There you go. Which you can do at Disneyland. You can't do at Disney World. <laughs> that is right. There you go. That is right. Uh, all right. Okay. So let's go on to scenario number three. This is an interesting one. I kind of brought up this one. I'll have to explain it a little bit. So throughout the year, Disney World... Uh, they have three types of party or after hours events. Mm. So they have your regular Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. That's their obviously their Halloween party. Then they have Mickey's very merry Christmas party in December. And then, you know, kind of sprinkled throughout the year, they have these after hour events. And a lot of times they're themed to a certain thing. So like at Epcot, they'll be themed or Hollywood Studios, like Star Wars theme or whatever. Um, but what it is, moonlight it, magic, moonlight magic. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So essentially all of these have the same general format, which is, uh, you're getting into the parks generally by 4 PM. I think in Four most cases is when you can get in and, uh, the party or the event officially starts usually around six or six. seven and it goes until usually midnight um, or it's, somewhere it's, around that time. It's a special ticketed event, right? Right. And yes. so, and so, the park will close for regular hours at six o'clock, and that's when the party actually starts. And so, you'll need you'll need a special wristband. You'll have to have your own ticket. So, so that's a day that if you want to go there the whole time, you may need two park tickets for the right. day. You may need a ticket for you know nine to six, but you also need your party ticket, which technically allows you in starting at four, but for the party that starts at six and then goes to midnight. And then I will say this just for a cost factor, your one day pass, and obviously it's going to be cheaper if you're doing multiple days at the parks, but your one day pass Disney World, what is it now? A hundred and twenty some odd dollars or so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was and then, I, I was looking for granted this was the week of Thanksgiving, 179 bucks. Wow. A day. Yeah, at, at the absolute peak pricing. Yeah. 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 And then your party passes, they have creeped up over the last few years. 
where they were in the 80s. Now they're up, I would say, easily over over dollars. So I thought, okay, here's a good comparison. If you had a one-day park entry ticket into, say, let's just use Magic Kingdom since that's where a lot of the parties are anyways. So Magic Kingdom, you have a full day, you know, you're talking 12, 15-hour day entrance into Magic Kingdom. You know, let's throw in Genie Plus for for free. <laughs> I know that's an impossible scenario, but let's just how, how to make it that day. much more difficult to choose. Or you have one of these after-hour events. Now, one other thing we should say is a lot of these after-hour events come with free treats. So ice cream bars or... 20 all of the, ounce all sodas. Of yeah, all of them that. come with some sort of special uh, treat package. Some, some are some are tastier than others. Some are tastier than others. So some are prepackaged. Uh, some. And of course, the parties not are themed. anymore. What? Yeah. Do what? Last party they're, I did, they were we, all they, prepackaged. It is. They it were, is we we have good. we have moved back the other direction towards the better stuff like they used to have. Nice. Anyways, we digress okay. there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. I just, I'm having visions of the one party we did years, yeah, and no, years no, no. ago. No, no, no. They they were handing out these. I thought they were like somebody. It was not right their own spot. Yeah, and they were just handing them out. It was like, wow, these are amazing. And then yeah, the yeah, yeah. Last party I was at, they were prepackaged. They were prepackaged. Like, were that was not horrible. so good. Yeah, no, we've yeah. we've shifted back. We've shifted back the That's other bad. way. So, would you rather? Would you rather spend a full, you know, day at Magic Kingdom or? Take basically a half day, uh, hour wise, you know, time slot wise, and do an after hours party or an after hours event. All right. So I think um, I probably, well, I, I, there's a couple of different ways you can answer this question, in my opinion. So a lot of times, those party days, you're going to have really, really low crowds at the park during the day. So, for example, at the Magic Kingdom, if, you know, if you were to go during the, you know, during the day, get there at eight o'clock rope drop and go until six o'clock, that's going to be a pretty, well, at four, it'll start to fill up again. But from eight to about four, you're going to have low crowds. You're going to get to do pretty much everything you want fairly easy. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, but again, the part, you know, the parties, the, the after hour parties as well, you are going to have lots of time to do at least the parties that I've been to, there's plenty of time to get everything done. I mean, that one Christmas party we went to, I felt like we were walking on seven dwarves um, two or three times. And I'm like, okay, this is, this makes the party ticket worth it. In addition to the cookies and the treats and the, and the, the special parades that they offer. So I, I think if just between the two, I probably would say, you know what, if you're there for five days, and one of those days is a party day. I probably would take the party. Yeah, that's how I would lean. Is I, I would actually lean towards a party over. Now, again, you got to be careful. I mean, just like there are crowd calendars for a regular event, there are absolutely busier times for these parties and these after-hour events. Obviously, the closer you get to Halloween, the busier the Halloween party is going to get each night, right? It's going to ramp up and then... Halloween night is going to be a full on nine or 10 on the, on the crowd calendar scale. So that might not, I mean, you don't, (laughs) don't book one of these parties and be like, well, the guys that escaped to the magic told us these were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, If you're booking it for Halloween night, that's going to be a 10. Yeah. You know, so first of all, these are special ticketed events and tickets do sell out. Okay. Right. I want to, I want to bring that up first. And really, I'm going to focus my comments on Halloween and the Christmas parties. They're they're two very different parties from each other in what you do and what you get. Um, you know, for the Halloween party, instead of primarily them handing out a bunch of snacks and drinks and stuff like that, you typically get drinks, but you get to go trick or treating. Um, and it's with real candy. It's not, it, you know. Yeah, I think it's sponsored by like Mars or yeah, M&Ms. it is. And so, yeah. and it's it's typically primarily it's a lot of chocolate, right? You're going to get all the chocolate and they are not stingy, okay? So we've, we've done a Halloween party before where the kids trick-or-treat. We've done Halloween parties where we didn't bother to trick-or-treat either, but um, but it's kind of cool. 
the 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 big advantage to me about the parties is that because it is a special ticketed event and because they sell out, the crowd is still going to be limited. You're not going to get as big of a crowd on yeah. any party night as you'll get during the busiest time of a regular park hours. So you're always going to get some advantage. Now, some party nights will be busier than others. They'll sell more tickets for Halloween night, uh, Halloween party, than they will for some of the others. That's true. Uh, same around Christmas time. Okay. But you, you get some great advantages there. You get to see some different stuff. Sometimes at the Magic Kingdom, they'll do special overlays, right? So at the Christmas party time, Space Mountain, like, it's not all dark. They have they have lights and strobes and music. And at the Magic Kingdom, you're like, this is what Space Mountain needs, okay? And I'm going to save that thought for later. But this is what Space <laughs> Mountain needs. Um, but you just get to see so many cool and different things. You get to do it in a different way. You get those extended late-night hours, Right. The parks just don't stay open regularly until midnight anymore. They used to do that, right? Now they're pretty consistent about closing around 9, some late nights 10. Sometimes they're starting to creep towards 11, but it's still few and far between. But I remember as a kid, like it was regularly open till midnight. Right. We didn't need a party for that. Now right. that's a special thing. I do think that it is not something you have to do regularly. So the question is, well, would you rather do this or that? It's like, well, I don't know. It depends on how, how recently have I done a party. If I've never done it before, then I absolutely think you should do one. If you've done one recently within the last few years, you could probably skip it. And, yeah, and like you said, Ryan, because the regular park hours are shorter, you're going to get a smaller crowd there during the regular hours. Because people are like, I'm not going to pay less money and and or I'm not going to pay the same amount of money for lesser hours, mm -hmm. and that's what you're going to get. They don't discount the ticket, the regular park ticket, yeah. just because they're closing at six o'clock that day. So, and that's that actually brings up a good point. Not to get off off topic here, but when you are booking your vacation, and you're not factoring in going to a party, well, we're going to be at Magic Kingdom on this day, not knowing there's a party going on that night. You may be a little upset that you did pay for that yeah. day and then you're being kicked out at six yeah. o'clock. Check the park hours the park and ask right. questions. And if you see if you see that the park hours look a little different, you're like, wait a sec, what do you mean you're closing at six? Right. Or you just if it's closing at six and it's not Animal Kingdom, it's a party day. <laughs> yeah. Or you just contact Dak and have him plan the trip. There for you go. <laughs> one other promo I'd give for the parties, at least the Halloween one, is they do if you're into characters and getting pictures with characters. Yeah. They do bring out a special list of characters that you normally wouldn't see, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of roaming throughout the park. Um, so that's one more added benefit. And, but and, and I want and I want to add on to that. Without question, absolutely without question, the two best parades, oh yes. that exist are the Halloween parade, the the Boo to You parade, and the the Christmas parade. Absolutely. I mean, and there is, I'm just telling you, I don't think there is any comparison. Those parades are absolutely incredible, and the fireworks shows that follow are special too. You don't get right. your ordinary stuff there; you get a special, special fireworks show. It's amazing. I'm not a parade guy, but the Christmas parade, incredible! I, it's incredible. It, it, it'll it'll get it'll get the emotions flowing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we were there one year where they they kind of um, did that projection mapping on the castle. Yeah. And for Christmas, and it was just amazing because it was like someone took the castle and wrapped it in different Christmas wrapping yeah. paper. And yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. And, then, I and think the and the projection show, by the way, goes all the way down Main Street for those yes, party nights right. too. So right. you so when you see the projections on Cinderella Castle for fireworks, you'll actually get to see it through all of the. It, it is incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. I think we've talked. Fucked up the parties. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> we have. We've we've kind of sold them. Uh, okay, we got time for one more. Do one more. Let's go one more. So this one's a little bit more complex. Uh, it's another cost factor. So I was thinking, you know, a lot of people they love um, maybe splurging a little bit and getting a nicer hotel. So at Disney World, you, well, in Disneyland, you have uh, layers or levels of different hotel stays. So you have your value moderate and deluxe obviously deluxe is going to be the more expensive type of, of hotel um and then my comparison is what's called an advanced dining reservation or a table service reservation which is just basically a nicer meal perhaps there's characters there doesn't always have to be characters there 
but you're going to have a nicer meal. Um, you're going to sit down in a restaurant. You'll have a reservation lined up for it. And so if you guys were on a budget and you said, look, you know, my trip, I am going to be able to spend $5,000 on this trip, right? Am I going to dedicate, you know, two, which sounds like a lot when you're talking about meals, but assuming it's a longer trip, am I going to dedicate $2,000 towards meals and, and food and, mm, and that sound like a lot. <laughs> dining? It sounds like a lot, but by the time you run for us, by the time you run, you know, a family of five through a Cinderella castle or a, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah you're you're gonna drop some money on that on that advanced dining. Or would you rather say, well, we're gonna we're gonna step up to the next level of hotel room and stay at a little bit nicer place, maybe get some extra magic hours, um, and be able to go to the parks a little bit longer because we're staying at a deluxe resort. That's one of the benefits of staying on site and staying at a deluxe resort is you get, you know, on certain nights, yeah. uh, extra magic hours. So, again, really, what this comes down to is what's more important to you: your lodging or your or your meals. Mm. So, would you rather spend more money on lodging, or would you rather spend more money on your food selections? This one is hard. I mean, it it is hard. I think, to tell you the truth, I'm probably going to spend more money on lodging. And and and. I guess the the thing that makes me break that way is that while I feel like uh, some of those advanced dining reservation meals can be kind of neat and special, like your overall ability to elevate the entire trip with lodging is hard to is hard to beat. So, um, this. I think brings us full circle to the on property off property kind of discussion. Right. And, and I think while you can have some amazing trips off property and stuff like that, if your primary motivator is to save money, this question brings it in. Well, where am I going to put that money? I'm probably going to put it in the lodging to, to be in a better resort. I have stayed in most of the different types of resorts on property. Um, there is a difference. In 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 what it is, there just is. And oh, even the bedding, like the and and pillows I, that's are a big part of the, what I'm talking about sheets, is like all around are softer. It yeah, is. like everything. It is when they when they talk about it going from value to moderate to deluxe. Like there is a gradation that exists in what you get in terms of quality, and then in terms, by the way, of service too. Now, I think you always get pretty good service no matter where you're at, and I don't think they treat anybody like second class citizens anywhere. I really, really don't think. I think there's a certain level of amenities that come along with with the signature resorts that Disney wants to push you towards. Like, for, I'll give you just a quick example. You know, the Grand Floridian Christmas time, you're going to get this gingerbread house that is absolutely amazing. Which, hey, little pro tip here, pro tip number 46. When you're staying at Disney, you don't have to be staying at the resort to get onto the resort. To go and look at another resort. Yeah, mm -hmm. so... You know, you could stay at a you know, moderate or a value resort, right? You could stay at a pop century. And when you're on your Magic Kingdom day, head on over to the Grand Floridian and check it out. You know, and, and uh, kind of, <laughs> for me, see how the other side lives, right? I, you know what's interesting? And this puts a, you know, talk about future guys trip. Um, but maybe one of those days what we do is we take, we take a resort hopping day and oh, we go man, see all the Christmas awesome. trees. I would love that. I, I would, would just like that. to go see all the Christmas trees yeah. at the different resorts and see how many we could get. Would I mean, that, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 absolutely could be a day in and of itself. So um, which is one of the reasons why I love going to Christmas time. But we're we're, <laughs> we're kind of getting now, off. Now, now we're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ryan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Ryan, food. I, I think I know where Ryan's going to go because I know how Ryan's stomach <laughs> yeah, works. Yeah. 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 Um, so food or lodging for you? So. I mean. Yeah, food. I, I would looking at this from a just a bird's eye view. Yeah, it's going to be food over lodging, um, because I, I I mean for me, food is every bit a part of the Disney experience, as you know, an attraction or a show. So I would I would one hundred percent choose food. So yeah, if I could, 
get a dining reservation at Cinderella's Royal Table, get one at the Sci-Fi, and have one of those every day in my trip. That would be that would be so fun. Now, with that said, and let me let me make sure I explain this properly. As you, I, I think the resort. It, I think it depends on how you plan on using the resort. Like mm-hmm. if you're going there to to to, to, to if you're going there just to sleep, you want to if you're if you're choosing between the food or the resort, choose the food. If you just need a bed to sleep in, just just choose the food. Totally agree. If you are going there and you want the resort to be like for me, part of like for, like when I said food is part of the experience. If you want the resort to be part of your experience, then then you may choose resort. If you're going to use the pools, if you're going to use the amenities, if you're going to use the spas and the the, the concierge services that the, those upper level hotels offer, then let that be a part of the experience. And you might, yeah, you might choose that over over the food. But I don't have any personal experience with that. But I'll but I'll and I'll throw you know and I I I mostly agree, mostly agree. <laughs> and the reason why is because there are just some built in bonuses to some of them, right? Look, you're going to pay more for a monorail resort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And what's your advantage? Well, guess what? You have the easiest access in the Magic Kingdom and into Epcot, yeah. right? As a result of it. Like super, super easy, right? Um, you're going to pay more at the Riviera. Why? Because there's a Skyliner station that takes you directly to Hollywood Studios. And you can, there's just some intangible benefits that you kind of get with some of those as well, beyond just the fact that you're also sleeping there. So it does make the rest of the trip better. But I, I tend to agree if you don't intend to spend any time at the resort, that may not be important to you so that you can spend less and you spend it on, on the food. I mentioned earlier, I don't tend to spend a lot of time at the resort, but, but we do always try and enjoy the pool at least some. Mm-hmm. We do always try and eat in the resort at least some. And so, by the way, that can... Uh, expand your options as well when we're talking about the whole thing you can have good food and resort at the same time yeah yeah um you know. and i think depending on the time of year like if you're going in some of the cooler months or maybe the and i know another heat the pools but yeah. let's be honest the pools i think they heat it to 80 81 degrees so it's not like super warm and if it's 40 degrees outside yeah you can go swimming but it's still going to be cold my kids still swim in it yeah, yeah, it's still going to be cold. Every like so, teeth chattering. Yeah, yep. but they so, are in the. But pool. you may not get the full benefit of staying at the resort that you would if you were staying at a more warmer time of the Fair. year. So, I think that depends a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. I think and and on the pool note, the pools at all of the deluxe resorts are phenomenal. Pools. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely phenomenal pools. Uh, just two that I'll I'll pull out of the hat is uh, the Beach Club and Yacht Club pool has a sand bottom. Uh-huh. Amazing. And and absolutely and the, amazing. And the pirate ship the pirate that serves ship. as the yes, slide yeah. into yeah. the pool. That's pretty cool. And then the other one I'll throw out again showing my California love. If you've ever been to the Grand Californian pool, they have like I seriously went on a search. So I have a pool at my house and they have these pool uh, lounge chair cushions that it's like sitting on a couch. It's like the couch I'm sitting on right now. The cushions are a good six to 12 inches thick and they are just like Sunday afternoon nap comfortable. Yeah. They are just so amazing. And so uh, but if you for me. Um, if I had, if you held my feet to the fire, I would actually probably lean more food over, over lodging just simply because I, I, again, I'm, I kind of lean, I mean, we're like 49, 51, <laughs> like it's, it's very, very close for me. But I, if, if I had to choose, I would choose the the dining because to me, again, you're taking in all of those Disney senses, the taste and some of the restaurants that you can get at Disney um, slightly edge out where I'm going to sleep at night, but not by much. I, I enjoy coming back to a nice, comfortable room when I'm on a Disney stay. So it's that would be a really, really tough one. Like if you told me you cannot have any sit-down table restaurants, that'd be a really hard trip for me to to go on, right? Like... Some yeah. of the ones we've mentioned before, no, no via Napoli, no, you know, no sci-fi, no, none. Of, you are only at the quick serve locations. That'd be tough. 
It'd be a tough mm. trip to go on. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. I think it could be done. I, it I could do- be done. Like, listen, I know people that full on, which again, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I know people that pack in a whole cooler yeah. basically full of food and that's what they eat from in the parks and it's totally allowed, right? Yeah. So first, it really comes down to, again, which we've said over and over again, it really comes down to personal preference, right? Like how do you do Disney? If food is not a big thing for you, shoot, pack in some ham and cheese sandwiches and some peanut butter and jelly and and go, yep. right? Yep. Uh and the lo- you know the longer you go, the, your your trips will evolve. Because when we were when our kids were younger, that's what we would do. We would pack a stroller. Our our our, our big baby bags would, you know, goldfish crackers, sandwiches, granola bars, bottles of water, and that I mean our stroller would be fifty pounds. That's like an forty or you know, thirty pounds would be vehicle. the food, and then twenty pounds would be the kid, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's in a Humvee rolling down Main Street, you know. But as our kids have gotten older, we no longer need the stroller. It's like okay, yeah. we're not packing yeah. in food anymore. It's we're gonna just eat at the quick service. And I think it's there's no wrong answer there. Well, it's interesting that you brought up it's a matter of personal preference, and you were talking about uh, you know some of the senses there. Um, it's one of the really cool things that is available is that some of those senses you can actually bring home with you. And one of those is the smells of Disney. Um, Magic Candle Company has a tremendous variety and selection of all sorts of scented candles and bars and and you name it. Uh, check out their website. Um, it's really cool, but you can bring the smells of Disney home with you. And if you use our promo code, which is just the word escape, we'll even save 15%. Pretty sweet deal. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, deal. We're, we're we love we love magic partner company. with them. Yeah. Before we wrap up, do we have time for a uh, magical scenario? I think that yeah. would be appropriate. Yeah. First of all, this is a great topic, Dak. I'm glad you brought this up. I, I think honestly, we scratched the surface on would you rather. I think there are so many different avenues we can take. Yeah. To tell you the truth, every one of those topics is an episode in and of itself, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm sure we'll explore those in more depth later on because it's it's. It's much more nuanced than it is, well, would you rather do this or that? Like, well, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it it absolutely depends on your family dynamic and, and all of those things. So, so definitely we'll visit this, uh, some more topics down the road because I think that's, it provides a lot of value for people going. Uh, either one of you have the, have a magical scenario? Uh, what, what was it? It was, okay, so here's the, here's the magical scenario for this week. If you were an Imagineer or you were somehow put in charge of overhauling one attraction, whether it be Disney World, Disneyland, wherever, which attraction are you going to overhaul and what are you going to do to it? I know mine. Go for it. I know mine. I've I've mentioned it before, I think, on this podcast. I know I've mentioned it multiple times on my other podcast, Whistle While You Work, but... um, Boys, Space Mountain is ready for a facelift. <laughs> okay? I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. It's, it's ready. You know, um, it is such an incredible accomplishment what what Space Mountain was when it was first constructed. You know, uh, people don't realize that was a Magic Kingdom original, um, and so it was constructed for the Magic Kingdom. And uh, sometimes there's that confusion, right? Because we know Disneyland, right, 1955, and then Disney World, 1971. That's a big gap. And they're like, oh, well, they just brought all the Disneyland stuff over. No, there were things that were designed specific to the Magic Kingdom that later on made their way in other spots. And that's why it's not the same attraction in those two parks. So the original Space Mountain um, Found in Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland is essentially the same that it's been since it started. And while it was incredible and it has always been one of my absolute favorite rides, it's not one that I'll skip. Um, it's ready based on the technological advances we've made today to be better. Uh, it's time to get a smoother, smoother rail system in there. One that you're going to see typically on a Seven Dwarves or even in a Guardians Cosmic Rewind. Um, we know that we can make the the ride itself smoother, but the biggest thing, other than the ride system, the biggest thing, let's say I only could change one thing, I would bring in some sound. Mm-hmm. 
to the Magic Kingdom. I would bring in at Space Mountain, the Magic Kingdom. I would have something very similar to what you've got in Anaheim, where there's music playing while you're on that ride. It is, it is so interesting to me the way it is, and I get it because the concept was: is hey, you just took off on a a rocket ship and you're in outer space and guess what space is quiet <laughs> but the problem with that is is that it's not quiet in space mountain because the the ride itself is loud the people are screaming so why not let's add some extra emotion and let's get some let's get some sound that could really kind of help heighten your experience heighten the senses space mountains where i'm going love, love it. it love it yeah uh you good if I go right? Yeah, go. Yeah, so what I with the announcement, so the D23 announcement came out that at Animal Kingdom, they are going to convert the dinosaur ride into Indiana Jones. Uh, so it's the same, for those who don't know, same ride system as what's in Disneyland in Anaheim uh, and I believe one other park. Uh, I'm not sure where. Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo, I yeah. Um. So I'm not going to change that because it's already on the docket to be changed. What I will do is go right next door to the dinosaur ride. There was an old, it's gone now, but the space is still there, uh, which is that little mousetrap ride that they had. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> I don't even, I, what are you talking it about? Was it was Primeval World. Primeval World. Yeah. Oh, the That's Primeval right. World. Oh, yeah. Yes. okay, yeah. So what I'm thinking is this. Stay with me, fellas. So in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom... They go on those little mineshaft rides. I'm thinking, dude, let's do that. Let's put in the mineshaft ride in a mousetrap ride, primeval world style where you're on that track and then it makes those really quick, sharp turns. I think that'd be perfect. Like, I think it would just be another section of that park there with Indiana Jones, you know, the truck ride on one location and then you walk a few feet and get onto the old primeval world track, but it's all themed. It, yeah. Let's, it, I know on. they specifically did it to a carnival dinosaur theme, but I don't know. I, I just, I agree. to me, let's, let's make that whole area kind of an Indiana Jones themed, you know, and they, they I think they know that. I think they're going to improve that area. There's been, there's been, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of rumors of what they're going to do over there. Not a lot of great confirmation of what that's yeah. going to look like, you know. And so I think that's that's something to take yeah. a look at. Okay, so guys, this is I think this is a perfect. Uh, if I were given the opportunity to overhaul one attraction, so do you guys remember? So on our guys' trip to Disneyland, we went over and did so in Cars Land. They have radiator racers. Yeah. Right? So I had never done radiator racers before. And part of that track system is very similar to what's at Disney World and Epcot, which is the, the test track, right? So do you remember? So we're on the ride and we're going through the town and I'm, I'm just, the whole thing is just charming to me. You see, you see all the characters, you see all the, you know, the scenes from the movie cars. It's all playing out there right in front of you as you're, you know, it's this dual racing system. So you're in your, you're in your car. There's a car next to you with, with passengers and you're kind of going through the town of Radiator Springs, right? And then you get out onto the open road and the, and the speed picks up and it opens up and you're just, you're going through the mountains and you're like, oh, this is fantastic. And then the ride ends. And Dak, do you remember what you asked me after we got off the ride? I don't. You said, so Ryan, how does this compare to test track at Disney world? My response was, Meh. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> I do now. And I remember thinking, I hate you right now. <laughs> you just, do you remember? Myth do you remember one of my do, favorite rides of all time? Do you remember the reason? You said it wasn't fast. It was so I was yeah. expecting. I was expecting more of a test track type experience where it opened up to that sixty five point eight miles per hour that test track does, and I don't think we broke forty. Yeah. At Radiator Springs. So if I had the opportunity, you're gonna look it up. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Now I'm all, Dude, I'd, now I'm be all breaks, I'd be surprised if it breaks I'd be surprised if it breaks forty. You're probably right. So if I were in charge of overhauling one attraction, I'm saying, hey, let's take Radiator Springs, let's lengthen the track on the outside, and let's open that up to sixty five miles an hour to match the speed that's at Epcot. Because to me, that was such a huge disappointment. What's it say? What is it? It's 40 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, 40 miles an hour. Wow, dang, it feels a lot Dude, You are a full that. 25 miles an hour slower 
than test track. If you think that feels faster than that, then you're these people I'm yelling at when I'm on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. I like I knew so it was I'm like in. I'm in on you. Yeah, I just thought it was going to be faster because I to me I was like this is a nice leisurely drive through the countryside and I'm waiting for it to open up and it never did. So please, yeah. For those Imagineers out in Disneyland, open that up to 65 miles an hour and you'll have a happy camper. Oh, awesome. So that's what I would do. Great scenario. I dig yeah. it. I like yeah. it. An episode. Yeah. So give us a like and a follow on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, we are Escape to the Magic on all of those platforms. And tell your friends about us. Share and like the sh- or share and like the show. Give us a comment. And we'll uh, probably give you a nice little shout out like we did Dustin this morning. And uh, next week, coming to you a day early. Halloween yeah. special Halloween episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>